You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So we we kicked off this series last week, and, and Steve Wilson came down. Uh, NFL referee, and he, he, he kicked it off in grand style, um, just telling us how important it is for us to have a game plan set. And, uh, and, and I, want, I want to talk to you today, just continuing on, on that mindset, on how important the Super Bowl is for us to kind of get a vantage point on how God wants us to be champions. He wants us to be champions of faith, right? We need to believe like champions. And many of us are going to be watching the Super Bowl today. Um, some people are going to be watching the Super Bowl because your favorite team is playing. Um, some people are going to be watching the Super Bowl because you love the commercials. Some people are going to watch the Super Bowl because everyone else is. You really don't care about football. You don't even care about the commercials, but you're just going to be there and enjoy it. I'm thinking about someone right now that's going to be doing that. And, uh, and so, uh, but the teams... The teams are playing today because they're going to decide a champion. And when we think about that, all of the preparation from the offseason, because football doesn't start when the season starts. They have an offseason when they're working out and they're eating right and they're doing all these things to make them a better team. And then during the season, they put all these things together and they, and they, and they start practicing and all the practicing If it all comes together, they're going to play in the world championship, in the Super Bowl. And as they do that, as they do all this preparation, I thought to myself, isn't that something for us to kind of look at and see how can we glean some important things for our lives? Can Can we look and see how these teams and these players, the things that they're doing... Because here's the thing that I know for sure, that all the world, most of the world, are going to be looking at this game. And I love what Steve Wilson said last last week. He said this. He said, take the energy of the Super Bowl and turn it to introduce people to the super God. So I think about all these individuals, all this excitement, they're going to be watching the Super Bowl. So if we take all this energy and we turn it and we allow the Lord to guide us and direct us so that we can lead people to the super God that has changed our lives and that can change their life. I think that would please the Lord. And so I want us to go to, to Scripture, and we're going to go to uh, Hebrews, and we're going to look at two chapters. We're, we're going to look at some, the beginning of, of chapter 11, and we're going to look at the beginning of chapter 12. And what we find in, in these chapters is a collage of people that were champions of faith. They believed God. They trusted God for the impossible. And what I also see about these individuals is that they were far from perfect. Every single one of them, when you, when you read their stories in other parts of the Bible, you wonder, how did they get it? How, how did they get to this chapter? How did they ever get to be champions of faith? Or the, the NFL has the Hall of Fame. In, in, in God's word, we have the Hall of Faith. And they're mentioned as pillars of faith. And so we're going to look at some, uh, some keys that can maybe help us to, to become champions of faith, to become 
ones who believe like a champion. Okay, but I want to pray first of all. Father, thank you for every person here. As always, Lord God, we come to you uh, for your guidance and direction, and, and, and your word, Lord God, is that direction that we need. And so I just pray that your hand will be upon me as your vessel, that I will speak, Lord God, in a way that's going to honor you. And, uh, and I know if I do that, you'll honor us, Lord God, not just myself, but all of us, because we're a team in here. And so when we leave here, I pray that we can leave believing like a champion. That we can leave here with, with, with hearts of faith and, and minds of faith and, and, and ones that can go out and make a difference in our world, Lord God, because we serve a super God. And we pray this in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen. amen. So as we, as we go into this, I, I, I want to talk about the first key. I've got two keys. The first key that I see in, in Scripture is how you believe is instrumental to your success. How you believe is very imperative to how you're going to succeed and, the, and what kind of victories you're going to have in life. In fact, the Bible says that faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Faith is confidence that what we're hoping for, we haven't, hoping is we haven't acquired that. So we're believing for something that we have not grasped, that we have not acquired. We're believing that these things are actually going to happen. And then it goes on and it says, it's, it gives us assurance about the things that we cannot see. Every person that is playing in the Super Bowl today believes that they should be there. There's a cornerback for the Seattle Seahawks. His name is Sherman. I, I forget his first name. Ask him about him. Should he be there? And he'll say, I should be here, and we're going to win. But every player that's in, the, in that game today, they are believing. They have a, a trust that they're supposed to be there, and they think that they should win the Super Bowl. Now, when we look at that game, I, I think about a lot of different things because I think about the talent. They have a lot of talent on the team. They're wonderful football players. But can I tell you something? Every team in the NFL has a lot of talent. Every team selects from the best collegiate players, not, not just, they don't just randomly pick, but they pick from the best of the best of, of, the, of college and they, they draft them into the NFL, and they give them large contracts. But not every team is going to play in the Super Bowl. And in fact, there's probably some teams that are going to be sitting down watching the Super Bowl, whether they're there in the stands or they're watching from television, that they have just as much talent as the teams that are playing in the Super Bowl, but there's one difference. The teams that are playing in the Super Bowl have faith. They believe that they can come back from a, from, a, from a deficit. They believe that no matter if they're down by two touchdowns, they can come back and they can win the game. How do I know that? Because I hear them. I listen to them. When they won the, 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 champion, the playoff championship game, Russell Wilson gave an interview. And in that interview, I want you to listen to his words because he talks so much about faith and it helps us to understand that believing is very, very important. Let's go ahead and cue that, that um, video. That, that just really, really 
emphasizes what I want to say. First of all, he said, I threw four interceptions. I threw four interceptions. The team kept believing in me. Coach Carroll kept believing in me. And then he said, and we had no doubt. We had no doubt. We had no doubt. There's something about believing that can change your circumstance. You see, if you have a faulty belief system, you believe, you know what, things are just going to be all messed up. My, my life's messed up. I'm not going to be able to do anything with my life. Blah, 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 blah. I think I'll just eat worms. <laughs> the way that you believe will actually give you the outcome of how you're going to live. And so here's Russell Wilson. He said, I had no doubt. We had no doubt. We had no doubt. And I threw that touchdown pass. I called it before I threw it. And he was able to throw the touchdown. And they came back from the deficit. And they won the championship game. And they're playing in the Super Bowl. Now, we don't know what's going to happen today. And to tell you the truth, I really don't. In, 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 in the big perspective, I really don't care. As, because next year, most of, especially in five years, most of us won't know who won the 2015 Super Bowl. If I was to ask you a question, who won the 2005 Super Bowl, how many of you could say, oh, it was maybe one or two of you might be able to say it. But most of us don't remember a thing. But the most important thing that I want us to grab a hold of today is that believing like a champion will make you a champion. And they trust their game plan. They go into the game, and they have a game plan. And as they do, they trust that all the work that they've done, that this game plan is going to direct them into a victory. Can I tell you that God's given us a game plan? He's given, he's given us a directive, and when we trust this game plan, it doesn't matter if we throw an interception in our life. Many of us, most of us, all of us have had failures in our life, those interceptions that we just mess up. Can I tell you, you cannot be defined by what you've done in the past. You have to be defined by who God says you are, and he believes in you. He's the champion of our faith, and he's the one that leads us into victory. But you've got to believe and trust the game plan. The Bible says this. It says, it's the same with my word. This is God talking about his game plan. I, I send it out, and it will always produce fruit. Not sometimes. Not, 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 not possible. Not maybe. Always, it will always produce fruit. And he says, it will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. God's word will always prosper us. And you're thinking, well, yes, I want prosperity. I want to be rich. That's not what God is saying. He wants you to be rich in grace. He wants you to be rich in peace. He wants you to be rich in mercy, in love. He wants you to have a sound mind. He wants you to be able to go into places with confidence. He wants you to be able to stand and know, you know what? You're on my side, God. No matter what I'm going through, you're going to be with me no matter what's happening around me. That is a God that we serve. So back in the 70s, there was another Wilson. His name was Bill Wilson. And Bill Wilson was, uh, he was an alcoholic. Started out drinking, recreational drinking, and, and, and he couldn't handle it. He got addicted to alcohol. And so he was trying to overcome. He was an agnostic, didn't believe in God. 
And so he came to a place in his life that he was at the end because he could not conquer this habitual sin that was destroying him. And so Bill Wilson had, a, had one of those evenings, one of those uh, crying out to, is there a God evenings? And God met him. And God touched him. And God took the alcohol from him. And so he, his life was altered so incredibly that Bill Wilson said, I got to help people out. I, the, the way that God changed my life, I'm going to help other people out. And he started this organization called Alcoholics Anonymous. Now, when Bill Wilson started, it was all Christ-centered. It was all about God. And at the very center of this, he said, you cannot overcome bad habits without faith. Now, the scientific community and the, the university researcher said, this guy is loony. Because researchers and, uh, and, and scientists, they want scientific proof. But here's the thing. As this organization continued to go on and there was transformed lives and people were being changed and they were overcoming this, uh, 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 um, these uh, uh, addictions, uh, they, they saw that it was, it was very true. So then they said, we're going to study this because it's observable. It's testable. We're going to see if we can test it and make sure that it has some, some reality to it. And so as they began to do that, they began to see that the only way that you will overcome bad habits and snag this, snag it, the only way you're going to be able to overcome bad habits is you have to start out believing that you can. And even greater than that, you've got to believe that there's a God that will give you the power to overcome. And so I, I'm, I'm reading this book, and we're reading it as a staff together. It's called The Power of Habit. How do we overcome unhealthy habits in our life? And in that, uh, the author is Charles Duhigg. And, and, and Charles Duhigg writes, and he did all this research. It's, it's a New York, New York Times best-selling book. And, 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 and he did all this research. And all these people are giving all kinds of accolades to him because this, all this research is fantastic. And look at what he writes. He said, once people learned how to believe in something, that skill started spilling over to other parts of their lives until they started believing they could change. Belief was the ingredient that made a reworked loop into a permanent behavior. It takes 21 days to form a habit. Can I tell you, a lot of people can't break habits because they don't believe that they can. And even more than that, they don't believe that God will give them the strength to overcome. See, there's something that wants to, wants to uh, control your life. There's something that wants to dictate your life. And through the power of God, we're able to do that. Now, it doesn't stop there. There's a university research researcher from uh, University of New Mexico. And this is what he said. He said, I wouldn't have said this a year ago. He said, I wouldn't have said this a year ago. That's how fast our understanding is changing, said Tonigan, the University of New Mexico researcher. But belief seems critical to changing your life. Let me say this. Belief is critical for you to become a champion in your life through the power of Christ. 
So how do we do that, Pastor? How do I, how do I implement this into my life? I'm going to give you three applications. The first thing is you start small. Oh, if I just had faith like, like, like uh, Mike West, if I just had faith like, like, like uh, uh, Paul Mockby, if I just had faith like Pastor James, no, no, you, know, you don't have to have faith like anyone. Start by believing that the God that, that created you has a plan for your life right. and that he can change your life. Amen. Jesus said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to mountains, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I hold on to that. I believe that the God that I serve is able to do what is impossible in my life. And can I tell you, only by doing this can you have a heart of a champion. Do you know that, that, that uh, big things come in small packages? Amen. Things that impact people's lives come in small packages. When I was working underground, there was this small thing called dynamite. And you'd get a stick of it, right? You get a stick, they call it a stick of powder. Not like this, ladies. Not, not that kind of a powder. So you get a, a, a stick of powder and you would drill a hole. And you would, you would come in with a tamping stick and you would put a primer in that, in that stick of dynamite and you'd put it in there and you'd tamp it down and then you'd tie it up and then you'd, you'd light it. And can I tell you what that small little stick would do to mountains? Boom. Can I tell you what the, what the word for power is in the New Testament? The Greek word is dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite. Can I tell you that the power of God is like dynamite able to break strongholds in your life? It's able to break things that are got you down, things that you cannot overcome, things that maybe are, are, are kindering you, maybe you can't forgive. Can I tell you there's a power that comes through, the, through God, through Jesus Christ, that can help you overcome any obstacle you have? The second uh, uh, application is you increase your faith. You start small, but you increase. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith in, in Luke 17, verse 5. Increase our faith. Now, this is in the context of him talking about mustard seed faith. And you know how their, feet, their, their faith got increased? Their faith got increased because they hung around with Jesus. And anytime you hang out with Jesus, anytime you let Jesus be a part of your life, there will be miracles all over the place. There'll be miracles in your individual life. There'll be miracles in people's lives around you because Jesus just operates that way. Increase your faith. It'll continue to grow and grow and grow. The third, thing, the third application, once you start small and then you begin to increase your faith, the third one is you need to concrete your faith. Concrete your faith. It establish you. And how do we do that? The word says faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God or through the word of Christ. The more that you put the word into your, into your heart, into your soul, the more that you read, the more that you listen to the word, the more established you are, the more that you're concreted in the faith. So I've started this, this, this thing now, uh, this, this past year, 2015, and I read, you know, I love to read the word. But now I've started because these apps, you can listen to the word. And so when I get up in the morning, I'll put on a book in the Bible, and I'll just press play on, uh, on, the, on, on my version app, and it plays the whole Bible. Did you know that you can listen to the whole, uh, one book in the Bible in about five minutes? The whole thing. 
You can go through Colossians in about four minutes. And you'll hear the whole thing. And as the word of God is saturating your heart and your mind and your soul, you concrete your faith. The way that you believe like a champion is you have to have the word of God in your heart and your soul. You see, every NFL player, they know the playbook. And in fact, you're going to see today that the quarterbacks, they're going to have this information band on them. It's called an information band. And they have all the plays on there. And you'll see Tom Brady, that he'll be looking at, his, at the band, and he'll be looking at the plays. He needs to know that he calls the right play, because if he calls a pass when he should be having a run, guess what? They're not making the first down. It's very important that we understand and we concrete our faith through knowing the playbook. The second key, second key, who you believe can be detrimental to your success. Those Super Bowl teams, it's so imperative for them to believe, but they're also going to be surrounded by a lot of negative. They're going to, be, they're going to have reporters on them, and they're going to say, did you deflate the ball? Did you inflate the ball? Did you deflate the ball? Did you... Until they're so tired. They're, they're going to be tired of hearing that. And then you've got the other team. And there's other, other um, uh, uh, gossip going on and all kinds of things. There's all these naysayers. Some people are saying, you're never going to win. You'll never be able to, to beat the, 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 the Patriots. And then the, the Patriots say, you'll never be able to beat the, the, the Seahawks. And there's all kinds of negativity. Let me tell you what the coaches are going to do. When they went to Phoenix, when they went to Glendale, they said, well, you're going to have a curfew. And I don't want you to go out. I don't want you to do anything dumb that's going to hurt the team. And I want you to guard yourself from all this negativity. And it, and it speaks to us because when we go into our lives, there's, there's going to be voices that you're going to hear. And some voices said, are going to tell you, you can't do it. You won't be able to do it. Can I tell you, you're either going to believe this report or you're going to believe that report. And it's so important that we learn how valuable team and the team concept is to our walk with God. You know, chapter 11 of Hebrews, it unveils a collage of different personalities, and each one of them had a, a, a different uniqueness. They all had different failures. It talks about Noah, and it says, uh, it, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. So, so he, God is speaking to Noah, and he says, I found you righteous, Noah, and I'm going to use you as a vessel, and I want you to bring your family and build this boat. And, and, and so by faith, uh, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. And the reason that he did that is because he was believing the right voice. What do I learn from Noah? What do I learn? I learned, because, I, I learned that because of his obedience, he saved and preserved this world, the people. God used him to go into the boat, and this family populated who we are today. Huge. I learned through Noah's story, he was a team player. Because of his obedience to the things of God, he was able to save his family. 
You know, I thank God that he's able to do a work in, in, in me, a work in Shauna, a work in JJ, a work in Cassie, a work in Jacob. You know, it blesses my heart to be able to participate together for the glory of God. And can I tell you, it's nothing, it has nothing to do with our goodness because in our own self, we fail miserably. But through the grace and the power and the love of God, we're able to do what we could never do without him. And that's the same for every person that's sitting in this room. You see, Noah, through his obedience, was able to preserve his family. He's impacted his family, and we can impact our families as well. But Noah didn't stop. That, that story doesn't stop there. Noah was also able to impact his environment. Every time we see a rainbow, we should say, thank you, God. And way to go, Noah. Because God spoke to Noah and he said, I will never destroy the whole earth with a flood again, ever, 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 ever. And can I tell you something, beloved? When we serve God, when we are part of the team, we can make a difference in our world. We can make a difference in our families. And we, make a, we can make a difference in our environment. Amen? There's another, there's another person in the, in the Bible. Her name was Rahab. It says, by faith, Rahab the prostitute. How would you like to be called that in the, in, in the book? <laughs> by faith, Rahab the prostitute. In another translation, it might say, Rahab the hoochie-coochie. <laughs> you know? When he looks at me, pastor, say pastor. By faith, James Reese. That ex-drunkard, that ex-womanizer, that ex this and that. We all have a past. It shows us here in the Bible, because she's in the pillars of faith, it shows us that God can use anybody. And not only can he use anybody, he'll make you a champion of faith. Doesn't matter where you've come from, doesn't matter what you've done. And can I tell you this, that you're going to mess up even after God... God brings you into the team. We all fall short of the glory. Samson's in there. I always scratch my head. How in the world is Samson in there? And then I look at myself. Oh, okay, Lord. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Right? Right before he, the, 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 the last thing that he did, the greatest thing, he knocked the pillars of, of, of stone out and, and, and crushed the Philistines. But, you know, before that, he, he wasn't doing good things. And it teaches us how important it is for us to look at the team. I love what it says in, in chapter uh, 12, 1 of Hebrews. It's, it's a continuation of the same context that says, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, we're surrounded. There's, there's like a, think of the arena. There's going to be 70,000 plus at, at, at the Glendale Arena. <sighs> There's hundreds of thousands, millions of people of faith that cheer us on. That say, you know what? You can make it. You can do it. You can do it. They've gone before us. They're people of faith. They're just like us. And can I tell you, when we come together, we cheer each other on. We worship God together in unity. Amen. We're a team. You know, gonna, they're going to crown a Super Bowl team, but there's nothing like the team of Jesus Christ. And that's who we are. I love the way that um, 
I don't even know if Tom Brady is a Christian. I don't know all, all that. But I, I love what he said after an interview. And, and I want you to listen real closely and see if he ever uses the word I. You're going to hear this. If you watch the Super Bowl, you're going to hear the announcers, the, the, the broadcasters say they will need to go in at halftime and make adjustments. In life, we're constantly making adjustments. We've got to make uh, little tweaks and little turns in, 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 our, in our life. Um, that, that's why I really believe that Hebrew says this. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily will trip us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Notice, uh, notice the scripture, beloved. It doesn't say I. It says, we. Look at these things that we are facing. Look at, uh, uh, let, us, let us strip these things off. The writer is saying, we're in this together. We're a team. And as we're going through life, we need people that are going to pour into our lives and tell us what we need to hear so that we can make changes that might lead us down destruction. I go to individuals all the time and say, speak into my life. Help me out. What do you see? that I'm doing that's very pot potentially uh, dangerous for my individual life as well as my family life. And how important is that for us to have a team around us to help us in that direction? You know, um, when, when I talked about scientists, they do these studies, and, and they found out that faith is the most important element to changing habits. You know what the second most important thing that they found? People. Having accountability in your life. Scientists found this out. And, and let me read again from, from uh, um, The Power of Habit. Uh, Charles Duhigg goes on and he says, when people join groups where change seems possible, the potential for that change to occur becomes real. When you have people around you that are going to speak into you and say, you know what, you can do it. You can do it. Instead of people saying, you're no good for nothing. You're never going to make it. You're... We had a powerful uh, meeting in the, in the youth. I wasn't there but I, I, I got the report from, from Shauna. She said the, the, there were so many amazing things that happened in our youth meeting. There was, a, there was a, a young man that came in, first time he'd ever been there. And they had this, this, this uh, uh, study. And in that, uh, they, they, they actually put, each, put one person on the chair. And they started to speak positive things into their life. They all started to speak about... All the things that they see that, 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 that's a great attribute, and they're speaking positive, speaking the things of God into their life. And this young boy, uh, he, 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 he was in and out of the building, and, and, and what, what ended up happening was he broke down. The Lord worked on his heart. He broke down. He said, my life is so messed up. There's nothing good in my life. And as, and as they started ministering to him and started praying for him, the Lord began to work, and they, they spoke the positive things of God into his life, and that was life-changing for him forever. That's what it says, right? Amen. Amen. It says, when people join groups where change seems possible, the potential for that change to occur becomes more real. For most people who overhaul their lives, there are no seminal moments or life-altering disasters. They are simple communities, sometimes of just one other person who make change believable. It tells me that who I hang out with is very important 
to my success in life. If I have people in my life that are going to pour the things of God into my, into my, uh, my world, it's going to change me for the better and for the glory of Christ. How do we do that? How do we apply this last uh, point? The first thing that you need to do, because this is, this, what, this is what will trip you up if you don't do it. The first thing you need to do is you need to always keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't put your eyes on other people because people will fail you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. The Bible says we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus because he's a champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Doesn't matter who gets crowned as a Super Bowl, I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus still has the throne. The second thing that is vital, it's so important to you in becoming a champion of faith, is you make church attendance a priority. When we come together and we worship God together and we, you, you hear the word, it, it penetrates your heart, it permeates your life, and changes begin to happen, and you become a champion of faith. Every person should always leave church with a tweaking, with, with the Lord uh, uh, bringing you back to center, bringing you back to where you're facing north instead of going south. Amen? The Lord will speak into our lives so that we are in that, headed in the right direction so we make the right adjustments in our life. You need the community of faith. There's no such thing as a Christian that lives on an island. We live together. We, we, we have faith together because we're better together. And then the third thing that is vital, and I agree with Pastor Jeff. I agree with Pastor Jeff. I agree with Pastor Jeff. You need to join a small group or you need to host a small group. In here, I do all the talking, most of the time. In small groups, we do all the talking. And you're able to, to be there for each other. You're able to share, and you let the Lord work in your life. I'm going to tell you, you need to be in a small group in a real positive way. The Bible says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. You can't, you can't beat that right there. That, that says it exactly how it needs to be said. God is good all the time. And I'm done. And I, I want to go watch some football. So let's, uh, let's all bow our heads and, and go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Father. God, we, we thank you for giving us all things to enjoy. And the Super Bowl will be enjoyed by millions of people. And many of us are going to enjoy the game as well, Father. But Lord, we, we readily admit that you are the super God. And while this game is called super once a year, you are super every day. We learn today how important faith is to our lives. And so we choose to place our faith and our dependency on Jesus Christ, who is the champion of our faith, and he's the savior of the world. We also learned how important people are to us, so we choose to surround ourselves with your people. Lord God, bring people into our lives that are going to be positive for us, that are going to be uh, God-sent individuals. 
And Lord, as we, as we join together in church, we, we, we do this joyfully and in small groups. We make a commitment to invite our friends and our family and our neighbors so they can find and they can meet the super God. And we pray this in the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And everyone said, amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.